0: My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the 93 WIBC hotline. He is an investigative reporter for the Daily
1: Signal, and sometime soon he will be a nightly host here at 93 WIBC. (laughs) Tony Kennett joins us, the Tonus. Let's get down to it, because we had some drama with the uh, Hamilton School Board, specifically Hamilton Southeastern. What's going on?
2: So, Dr. Stokes resigned, and she uh, that's the superintendent of the district, or was, and she also resigned with compensation, Uh, and whenever someone resigns with a separation agreement and compensation, that means there is, like, it wasn't just, uh, hey, I'm leaving happy trails. There was an agreement that came based on some kind of a disagreement, and uh, I spent this morning and a little bit yesterday talking to six teachers. Uh, now, as of this call, five uh, administrator-level staff. That includes coaches and principals as well as a counselor. And uh, unlike a lot of the local media who has decided to do no kind of reporting whatsoever on why Dr. Stokes left, I can give you a little bit of insight as mm. to why the district and uh, Dr. Stokes came to blows. Bring it. I figured I'd tease you a little first. You know? <laughs> I know you like that, Jason. So, the core of the matter is she is a serious civil rights lawsuit uh, liability. Uh, Dr. Stokes has a habit, according to multiple staff members, of racially berating staff. Like, she'll, she'll, she would walk up to uh, white staff members or staff members who look white, like phenotypically is the scientific term. Now, for those who don't know, this is a black woman, correct? Yes, that is correct, she, uh, or as we would say in the, in the more progressive way, she appears to be black, because you, you don't know if she's Indian like Nikki Haley, you can be called white or black. And that matters here because Dr. Stokes would go around telling teachers, staff, administrators, whatever, that they had white privilege. Now apparently at some point she lectured a person who was more Hispanic than white about having white privilege, which very much confused <laughs> that individual. Uh, I don't want to get too much into that because this person wants, has asked to, you know, remain on, you know, not on the uh, right. not on the docket here. But this is something that Stokes was known for. There was a formal investigation that was filed when Julie Chambers was on the school board, and basically there was this investigation into whether Dr. Stokes was racially harassing staff, which she did quite often. As she worked with a racial equity network and Fishers, that when she resigned yesterday had this very, very weird, absurd post talking about, well, when white people make decisions, they make racist decisions and like, you know, oh my God. Now all this
0: you're telling us is a result of the investigative work you've been doing and talking to people within the school system, right?
2: This is things that I have found out from individuals that are currently on staff at the school. Now I'm not telling you some of the stories that I've heard from some staff because the staff's only been there a couple of years and Some of the assertions that are made, I'm making sure I'm not just throwing out accusations here. There are there are cases where uh, she definitely racially harassed staff members and there was an investigation of some sort that was done. And then the school board just closed it and said, nope, we're not releasing any findings. Julie Chambers told everyone we're done talking about this. And there were rumors after the new law firm was hired by the district that uh, you can't just leave racial discrimination investigations like <laughs> undone. Uh, so the law firm's kind of getting their house in order, um, and this this right here is this is all my speculation at this point. So from this point forward, the law firm wanting to get all of its house in, of cards in order would likely be pressured. To reopen investigations into Dr. Woke, excuse me, Dr. Stokes, and the (laughs) racial harassment that she perpetuated on staff members at the school. So I'm going to make a guess that if if I were Dr. Stokes, I uh, would not want to be dragged through a very public racial discrimination investigation that was reopened. Obviously, the school has probably been in national headlines enough. And so, it's likely here, because she wasn't fired with cause, they didn't fire Dr. Stokes, she chose to resign, that basically, Dr. Stokes takes her little severance pay, the district gets rid of this incredible liability, and both parties go their separate ways. OK, way.
0: so this was a mutual thing where nobody can say anything bad about one another. This is just a cut bait, and that's it. How how unusual is something like this to happen?
2: Uh, it's, it's actually It's actually incredibly common. Uh, It's very likely that, again, neither party really wants to get into a huge public battle about things. Now, a lot of times these things get broken and individuals on the inside start leaking things to others, kind of start, you know, kind of letting other people know some things that went inside. I, I would guess that there's a high chance that one of Dr. Stokes' very woke friends hears a very interesting story that ends up being leaked to the Indy Star here in a couple of weeks. I haven't heard anything about it yet. But a lot of people on the left who get kind of the mutual nondisclosure runaround do eventually come back and release that stuff anyway. So while this is also very common, I would expect some of the internal details to become more uh, more public as time draws on.
1: So, Tony, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Hamilton schools as a whole, no stranger to controversy. It feels like we've had you on this segment multiple times to talk about drama going on with that school district. And it feels like it's a very left-leaning school board and folks running the show up in Hamilton County. So with that being said, are you surprised that this actually happened?
2: No, because this is one of the things that that school board was elected to do, that thing being very specifically to address some of the shady shenanigans that had gone on at that district that were swept under the rug. One of those things was, for example, Ben Yoder, uh, who was a who was a orchestra teacher at a Hamilton Southeastern Middle School, um, was sending disturbing messages to uh, students and other stories that I'd heard from students, including him showing them weird things on the screen and things like that. Well, the parents' complaints about that teacher had gone unanswered, because when Michelle fullheart was on the board, they just ignored the parents. They, oh yeah, we're gonna look into that, and absolutely nothing. Parents would file complaints about Dr. You know, about Dr. Stokes or to Dr. Stokes, and the same thing. Oh, we're, just, we're gonna look into it, then nothing would ever happen. But this, as I've heard it called conservative school board, steps up and actually starts answering parents' questions, actually starts trying to untie this massive knot of controversy in the district and you start to see some positive things come out of it. Remember, this is the district that enacted the microaggressions policy in which uh, students could be put in serious trouble for microaggressing, like which is when someone else perceives something totally yeah. innocuous that you say or not even intended at all uh, as to being really bad or mean or whatever, not giving trigger warnings before everything. Dr. Stokes is a very woke administrator. Who had very, very disturbing racial allegations and racial policies at the district? This is the kind of stuff that that school board was elected to stop. And I'm going to be honest to you, I cackled when I saw that she was resigning <laughs> because she's a horrible person. What's
1: the makeup of the school board there, Tony?
2: Uh, the school board has a conservative majority. Uh, okay. There are a couple okay. of there are a couple of less leaning school board members that basically use their time to complain very loudly about anything and everything uh, i've attended a few of these in person
0: uh you've been asked to leave in person as well
2: <laughs> <laughs> um i can say that uh, at a hamilton southeastern school board meeting that i attended recently um yeah. there was a guy who's now running for uh, city council over there Uh, who went up to the school board members asking them how they felt about their white privilege. i got to be honest with you guys. I don't know what the obsession uh, over white privilege and white people are over in Fishers, uh, but I, honestly, I think that students would be best served focusing on their academics instead of instead of what skin color it looks like their heritage portrays. Uh, to.
0: It seems like that problem is more of a uh, a national problem in terms of the uh, teachers unions. Take the head of the teachers union in Chicago saying oh, that yeah. school choice vouchers is fascism and racist, and then she goes and enrolls her son in a private school. <laughs>
2: And this is an this is a very common thing. I'm actually working on a larger report at the Daily Signal about this right now. I don't know if you guys ever watched Shark Tank, uh, but Mark Cuban, um, he is a, a major entrepreneur, obviously yeah. a, a big owner, big player in the financial and sports industries. And he was lecturing Vivek Ramaswamy, presidential candidate, for wanting to dismantle the Department of Education. He said, you don't know how important public education is. Public schools in this country are great. I love public schools, all of these other things. I was a product of public schools, yet he's sending his kids to a private school. So it's school choice for me because I'm rich enough to send my kids to a safe school that teaches traditional style education, but you, who can't afford it, you got to send your kids to public schools where you may or may not agree with what or how is being taught to your kids.
0: Uh, why, Why do teachers unions and Democrats in general hate this idea of school choice?
2: Well, teachers unions hate them because they have absolutely no power over private schools. So, for example, in Louisiana, this is another investigative report that I'm working on, the teachers union brokered hidden contract agreements with schools in which they would not allow principals to set the schedules for teachers during the day. Mm. So if your principal isn't deciding what classes go when and where, you know, you're trying to balance the number of teachers and students you have and facilities. I don't even know what your principal for at that point. But the teachers union gets to exercise authority and power over that. They can shut down schools whenever they want, as you remember, during covid Well, they can't do that now if there's a private school or many types of charter schools or, God forbid, a home school. Teachers unions have no control over that. And teachers unions are the largest donor per member capita to the Democrat Party. They donate millions of dollars a year from the AFT and the NEA. Those are the two largest teachers unions. So the Democrats are very invested in keeping your kids in public school, whether you like it or not, and making sure that you pay all of your money to that public school, whether it deserves it or not. I saw a story, I believe it was
1: at Indie Politics Abdul's outlet, that put this out there, that Jennifer McCormick's camp is saying that their polling shows it's a toss-up, whoever the Republican nominee is and her. Jennifer McCormick, it's a toss-up in the
2: state of Indiana. What say you? How embarrassing is it that your campaign puts out an internal poll that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't show its sources, that doesn't show its metrics, that doesn't show a margin for error, that doesn't show a number of very important things to validate whether a survey was legitimate? And then to say, yeah, this uh, shows that it's a toss-up; it's anybody's game. Like, wouldn't your internal poll show that you're in the lead? or that even though they're from a different party, they really agree with you and they think you're stable and a safe bet. I got to tell you, that's that's kind of embarrassing. I I would like to think that if you're going to put forward, I'm just saying the poll looks suspicious. Maybe it's legit, but I have yet to find one Hoosier out there that I have spoken to that is like, yeah, Jennifer McCormick, she's the answer. I no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's she just can't a, even win
0: Henry County, and that's where she lives. We just like this is just anecdotal, but she was uh, in the Zionsville Fall Festival parade. Her, a uh, bunch of her and her people were marching down Main Street, and you know there was a bunch of town councilmen and John Stair, uh, you know, the future mayor of Zionsville. And it comes, you know, everybody's clapping and everything, and then McCormick walks by. I, it was dead silent. It was like crickets. Was, <laughs> like, was nobody. Practice. Nobody was kind of, and and Zion's I feel, is like half conservative and a a lot liberal. And there was just nothing. It was awkward silence, and everybody's just kind of looking around at each other. So that's
2: really funny because Jennifer McCormick looks nothing like her social media profile pictures. Like n- nothing at all. Like what she puts is her Twitter <laughs> photo and her former like headshots from years ago. It looks nothing <laughs> like that now. And I'm not saying that's good or bad, but like my man, Indy
1: 500 I- credential is like that. My Indy 500 credential is a picture of me from like 1999. Frosted tips, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, Puka like, shell necklace. No
2: pictures yeah. from back <laughs> when I was in college. No glasses, no beard. look like a third grade girl. But like for your campaign, absolutely. Uh, I don't know about that. What are you working on at the Daily Signal? Well, we've got a few things coming down the pike. Uh, We're talking about the hypocrisy from, obviously, anti-school choice people. Interesting investigation coming out of Louisiana. And then covering California, uh, which after AB 957 is signed by Newsom, uh, it will be child abuse, not to affirm your child's gender transition in the state of California.
1: Unbelievable. Find him on social media at The Tonus. Tony Kennett, thank you. Thanks, guys. We got another hour to go. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.